they're like little alchemists. They can take waste, you know, or what we consider waste and turn it into something that is beneficial for the plants and the animals and, and everything in the ecosystem. I'm Dalia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and Southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. If you want to eat better from the ground up, then you may consider composting your food scraps. Today, we'll learn the basics with help from Miami Compost Project. Thank you for eating up the latest episode of The Zest. WUSF Public Media also offers a delicious podcast focused on arts and culture in the Sunshine State. The Arts Access Florida podcast highlights arts and cultural organizations right here in Florida. Learn more about these unique institutions, how you can be a part of upcoming events, and so much more. For a culturally enriching experience, subscribe to the Arts Access Florida podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or visit artsaccessflorida.org. That's arts, A-X-I-S-F-L dot org. Thanks to our founding sponsor, Community Foundation Tampa Bay. Fair warning, today's conversation probably will not make you hungry, but it will make you think about where your food comes from and where it goes after you've eaten your fill. The eggshells, coffee grounds, fruit and vegetable scraps, to us it's trash. But with the help of Mother Nature, we can turn our trash into compost treasure. Quinn Metoyer is the founder of Miami Compost Project, which he runs with his partner, Sol Delgado. A few years ago, Quinn had been cultivating cannabis for a medical marijuana company, but he didn't jive with how they were treating the plants. So he began educating himself about composting. He started hosting workshops and even composting for restaurants and juice bars around Miami. Then in 2020, he started Miami Compost Project. The organization teaches people how to grow their own food and waste less. They even throw birthday parties. In my conversation with Quinn, you'll learn the benefits of composting, how to get started no matter where you live, and mistakes to avoid. Talk to me like you're talking to my five-year-old who's in the next room. What is composting? What are the benefits? Give me the basics. Basically, Mother Earth is composting all the time. Compost is basically the decomposition process. So say that we're in a forest and the leaves fall on the ground. There are the worms, there's the um, millipedes, the little pill bugs. They all munch up the, the leaf. They munch on the poop that falls down from the squirrels and the, and the deer. And there's also microorganisms, bacteria and fungi that do this as well. And so you can just think of them as smaller insects that we can't necessarily see with our eye. And so what happens is the nutrients that were in that leaf that fell now get recycled through those middlemen, I would say, or middle organisms that then turn it into a form that is available for the plants to absorb into nutrients again. I like to think of it as our bodies. So we eat the banana 
but our body can't absorb the potassium and the iron and the nutrients that are in that banana in that form. So it's up to our stomach acid, our gut microbiome in order to break that down so that our body can then absorb those nutrients. Wow. Okay. That was like a Bill Nye, the science guy kind of explanation. I like <laughs> that. I, I actually followed that. Now, I understand, of course, that composting can be beneficial for people with gardens, but what about for the rest of us? Should we all be composting and why should anybody else care? Yeah, so it's similar to recycling with plastics and things that we can reuse and repurpose. And so maybe you can't reuse or repurpose your kitchen scraps, but if you bring it to a facility, they can. And I think the way that we're growing food now isn't sustainable in terms of the pesticides that we use, the way that we uh, treat our soils, the way that we treat the other life that is around that farm. And so compost is a solution, one of the many solutions that farmers can then implement on a larger scale. And so if we can come together as communities and create composting initiatives, we can take our food waste that we get from the farmers, instead of throwing that into the landfill to create more um, greenhouse gases or more potent greenhouse gases, we can then close the loop on that waste cycle, give it back to the farmers. That way, not only the soil is healthier, the ecosystem is healthier, but we're healthier as a result of that. It's the circle of life. It's like they say we're all connected. And even thinking about the manatees here in Florida, because you hear about all these manatees tragically dying because the phosphates are having an effect on their ability to get food. And it you could trace it back to something like composting or not composting. Not just that, but we all have a role to play. So it's something to think about. Okay, so what are the basics? Um, quick story that I have told on this podcast before. <laughs> so I will th I'll tell it again quickly, but I'm from Ohio. And I remember one year my dad had his garden and he wanted to have a compost pile. So he got a bunch of manure from his friend who I guess knows a guy. <laughs> and <laughs> it didn't go well. He ended up canceling his cookout for that weekend because our whole yard smelled like poop. So clearly that's what not to do. What is the right thing to do? Because I'm afraid I would just end up with a pile of garbage or a pile of poop. Yeah, and that is, and sometimes you gotta, you gotta have that just so you know what to do better, you know? <laughs> um, and so with that, that pile of poop, that pile of food scraps is what we call our nitrogen source. So in composting, you have your greens, which is your nitrogen source, and your browns, which are more of your carbon source. So things like mulch, cardboard. And so if the pile has too much nitrogen, whether it be the manure or the food waste, it'll start to stink because the bacteria, as it's breaking down, it lets off gases and those are what we, we are smelling. If that happens, that just tells us that we need to add a little bit more brown material. So whether it's mulch or dried leaves or cardboard, ideally your compost pile should not smell if it's being aerobically done and, and the ratio between the greens and browns are out of balance. Okay, so what supplies would I need to get started? 
So some supplies that you can use. So you want to have about um, one part green to two parts brown, if that makes sense. So say, for instance, you already have your food scraps that you usually throw away each day as you cook. And you just need basically a section, whether it's in your backyard. And one thing about composting, a lot of the answers are, it depends, you know. <laughs> that so. is not <laughs> what I want to hear. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and from my perspective, it's an art form, you know. And so there's different ways of doing it for, for different people with different lifestyles. And so if you're in an apartment, I would recommend you do something like a worm bin or with a bokashi, you know, which doesn't involve insects. <laughs> um, and then if you have more of a backyard space, I recommend you just dedicate a small corner to putting your food waste, maybe having a little bit of mulch next to it or, or dried leaves that you collected in the fall and just mixing that together as you put on your food scraps each day. Okay, you kind of lost me with the worm bin. Will you elaborate on that? Where do you where do you keep the worms? Yeah, so worms are actually some of the most vital creatures for Earth. They produce the most fertile, the most um, nutrient rich, not necessarily abundant, nutrient rich castings for their poop, and that is what plants love. And so a lot of farmers, a lot of gardeners, or people who are just interested in composting their food scraps, they'll have a worm bin. You take regular earthworms, you can take composting earthworms, and yeah, there's something called- My face. Okay. What is a composting earthworm and where do I get one? Composting earthworms are earthworms that are typically smaller and they like to stay in the first about six inches of the soil. And so they also like to group together and they like a lot of organic material. And so they're ideal for composting bins because I'll paint a picture real quick. To make a worm bin, you take something like a Rubbermate bin, you can take an old bathtub, um, you wanna make sure it has some drainage in the bottom. So maybe drill a couple holes in the bottom. And then you load it up with some organic material, which can include um, your food scraps, uh, cocoa core, your native soil, some newspaper, cardboard. And so you can you can make one of these for free if you really want to. There's actually worm farms that you can buy worms from. And once you have the worms in there, you can put your banana peels, you can put your eggshells, you can put your toilet paper rolls. A lot of the things that we normally throw away into the landfill, you can feed it to the worms. And then in return, they make a casting that you can either give to somebody that you know that does garden, or you can use it in your, you can make a tea out of it for your household plants to water in. And then you can even use it in your, your grass or your lawn or a tree that you have in your front yard. How do I know when it's ready? Castings, it's one of those things that over time you get an eye for in a sense. At one point, you will see that all of the raw materials that you initially put into the bin have changed, not only in their color, but also in their composition. And so earthworm castings, 
You can look it up on Google, but they're little, they're small little specks. And those specks are the the poop of the casting and they're they're neutral smelling, they smell really earthy, and it's really what heals a damaged soil or a damaged ecosystem into something that can become thriving again because they're they're like little alchemists, you know, so they take waste, you know, or what we consider waste and turn it into something that is beneficial for the plants and the animals and everything in the ecosystem. That's cool. It's it's like magic. Like you said, they're little alchemists. Now, does your business, I know you mentioned the workshops, but what if I just wanted to like leave you a pile of my banana peels and have you drop off some beautiful enriched compost? Is that an option? <laughs> so for us, we mainly focus on the educational side. However, we do work with other local composting businesses. So one of them is Live Renewable. They actually go around, they'll drop you off a bin at your home, you'll load up the compost for the week, and they'll come and pick that up. And then at the end of the year, they will give you either castings or another one is called Composting for Life in the South Florida area. We've worked with another one in Orlando called O-Town Compost, and that's a beautiful service. So say you don't want to actually compost in your backyard or in your apartment, this is a service that you can have that you know it's not going into the landfill, you know it's going either to other gardeners in your community or community gardens. And that's a that's a sense of, you know, doing something positive for your community. And it, it just takes those small steps, you know. And as people see that, they'll feel that. And it's kind of like, I think it's like an evolution, you know, in how we do things. Yeah, I really like that. Now, what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen people make? Besides having a pile of steaming you know what, in their backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's one of them in a sense. And not all compost is made correctly in in a sense, because just as much, a lot of times they'll either have a thermal pile. A thermal pile is a pile that you want to heat up to a certain degree. And then over time, it goes back into like the ambient temperature Um, sometimes they'll use that while it's too hot and you can end up burning your plants or even getting it from another composting site and you notice that it's still hot, that means that it's not all the way broken down. Just like art, composting is very diverse in in the ways that you can do it. You can just leave a pile and then in six months, like come back and harvest everything, harvest everything that's broken down or also considering compost as your main nutrient source. And I see that a lot of times people think it's, they're gonna, the plants, especially the heavy feeders, are gonna get all their nutrients from compost. However, compost is basically the microorganisms that are you're putting into the soil. And over time, those microorganisms will be able to extract the nutrients in your native soil. However, it does take time for that to happen. You mentioned six months. Does it really take that long? So for a static pile, it can because you're not turning it, you're not activating it. And so if you have a 
thermal pile and you're turning it every day or every other day, you can have compost in 30 days. And so it's all about the method of composting as well as how active you are with it. It's interesting because with that thermal system, the heat that is generated comes from the activity between the microorganisms. So as they interact with each other, as they metabolize everything that's in the food waste that you put, the manure, the leaves, the mulch, things start to heat up. Similar to after we have a really big meal and we feel kind of hot, that's really similar too. And so the hotter it gets, the faster it's decomposing. And then once you get into like craft composting, (laughs) which is the thing, you don't want it to get too hot because you have too many microorganisms. It's It can become unbalanced and all the nutrients that were once in the banana peels and in the mulch are now being used up by those microorganisms. Oh, this is a whole new world. What is craft composting? <laughs> so I like to think of craft composting as like mom and pop composting in a sense. So it's small batch, you're keeping the temperature correct. We even have a microscope. So when we're making compost, we can actually see the microorganism composition of the compost. So we can let you know how much bacteria to fungi you have, or if we see protozoa, nematodes, and these are all basically microscopic organisms that act in a web, in a sense. So just how the hawk eats the mouse and the mouse eats the insects and you know the grains and stuff, above ground, there is a soil food web, which is below ground. I do love that. It's like the animal kingdom has its own thing going on that we don't know anything about. And I think that's cool. I don't even know. Are they animals? Are they bacteria? I don't remember. Clearly, (laughs) I did not pay attention in science class, but you did. So let me ask you, how do you know so much about this? What's your background? I went to school. I went to Tufts University in Boston. I'm a a Florida boy, so I went up there for school. And then I actually studied economics because at that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I was like, let me just get economics. So if I own my own business, I know how money moves and all this stuff. And so it wasn't until I graduated, spent some time in Central America, that I realized that I enjoy plants and I enjoy... I stayed with a Tekan woman. She grew her own herbs. She grew her own food. And I was like, why don't we do this more in the United States? You know. And so when I got back, my channel was through cannabis cultivation, just because I've seen how it's helped people. And through that, I saw, all right, there's a better way that we can be doing this in a sense. And so I think always following your passion and what you're interested in, because nowadays there's so much information out there we can really teach ourselves a lot without having to go through formal education. And so whether it's, you know, different books, whether it's YouTube, whether it's, you know, there's already experts giving away a lot of knowledge for free on many different platforms, even on social media. And so it's really just following your, your heart and following your, your passion and what you like to do. 
Well, I appreciate you being one of those experts, giving me your knowledge for free and our listeners. But to be honest, your passion sounds like a lot of work. And then I read <laughs> on your website that you do birthday parties. So talk to me about this, because what kid is like, you know what? I was going to have a bounce house, but instead I think we're going to do a craft compost pile. Talk to me about <laughs> a composting birthday party. Yeah, so it's very interesting. We do a lot of workshops. For instance, we work at an experiential school. And so a lot of the students, they learn through experience. And they are very aware of the environment. They're very aware of plants. And they're very excited about growing their own food and, you know, recycling and all of these things. I go to composting workshops to teach them and they end up teaching me a couple things you know we do different events and a lot of times children love worms you know if you give like if you give them some worms or some insects they go full research mode on like how they move and you can also see how a lot of them have been taught about insects. And then once they get that actual hands-on experience at that age, they can adjust the way that they've experienced it in a sense. You know, they're having their own experience. They're learning at their own speed. And so we can do birthday parties or children events to where we let them know, like, bring some materials, we'll put together a worm bin, and the child can have that for as a, basically like a, a pet, you know, you can have your worms as your pet, you can feed them, you can check in on them, you can use the castings for your house plants or your plants outside. And they love that they love they're very fascinated with with Mother Earth and Mother Nature. So they're some of our best teachers for sure. Okay, I was on the fence, but I'm back in now. You actually sold me on it because kids love worms and that would be a fun <laughs> a fun project for the kids. Okay, last question and then anything else you want to add? Why is this especially important for Florida? You talked about going to Central America and bringing some of these concepts back to Florida. Why do you think it's especially important for how we think about our food here? I think it's very important, mainly because we love where we live. We live in Florida because of the beautiful sunshine and the beautiful oceans and springs and the animals. And I think that's really anywhere, but Florida, especially like the ocean and, you know, fishing and all of these things are so like close to our hearts. Knowing that the way that we've been growing food is detrimental to that lifestyle in terms of our ocean, um, nutrients running off into the ocean, causing algae blooms and um, red tide and all of these things. And so if we can make a shift in terms of how we do those things, we can regenerate the life and regenerate the ecosystem that is around us for not only ourselves, but the tourism that comes in to appreciate what we appreciate. And so I think if we collectively make a, a change or revolutionize the way that we do grow food or even the way that we take care of our lawn or the trees around our property, then it does make a difference in the large scheme. And at the end of the day, we would benefit from it. 
And then on a bigger scale, there's only so much room we're going to have in, in landfills, you know, and I know they're not the best to look at as well. So if we can divert some of our food waste from the landfill and actually put it back into our soil to, you know, sequester the carbon that is in our atmosphere, that's that's another topic. But I think all in all, it would be a benefit for everybody. I've never heard someone speak so eloquently about worms and carbon sequestration and all that good stuff. So, Quinn, <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Is there anything else you want to add or any resources that you would recommend? I learned a lot from Dr. Elaine Ingham. She is one of the pioneers in terms of soil science and understanding what happens in the soil and how that affects us on multiple different levels. It's similar to our gut. And as more and more people are learning about our gut microbiome and how it affects our emotions and diseases and things like that, it's very similar. It's like a reflection of that. Another thing is just getting back in touch with your food and where it comes from because you are what you eat at the end of the day. You know, it, it literally becomes you and, well, at least your body. And so <laughs> with that, just whether it's going to farmer's markets every now and then just to say hello to a local farmer and or whether it's just planting a couple herbs in, on your windowsill balcony to use in your salsa or any of your meals. But I think once we connect back to Mother Earth, we connect back more to ourselves. Quinn Metoyer is the founder of Miami Compost Project. And once you get your soil right, you'll be ready to eat all your beautiful fruits and veggies. Maybe you'll make a Plant City Grove Stand salad from Danielle Rose of the website Swanee Rose, strawberry lemonade ice pops from the Hippo Gourmet Ice Pops, or arugula almond pesto from Cafe Gala at the Dali Museum. You can find all those recipes and many more on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Delia Cologne. I produced this episode with audio editor and composter extraordinaire, Andrew Lucas. This week, we had help from Chandler Balcom, Mark Hayes, and Hannah Abdel-Majid. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2022.